Welcome back to Epcot. This time we're doing the back. <laughs> Do -do 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 -do. <laughs> So welcome to part two of our Epcot virtual tour. So in the first episode, if you listened to it, we did go over Future World. If you haven't listened to it, go back and go ahead and give that a listen before you go to the back of the park. But in this episode, we're going to cover the World Showcase as well as some nostalgia from Epcot. So let's go ahead and get started. And I believe if I can say there are two types of people in this world. Ones that go to the left and ones that go to the right. I go to the left. As well as I do. So thank you. So we're going to go past the Odyssey Pavilion that is used for festivals and things like that, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, and our first pavilion that we come across is the Mexico Pavilion, home to the Grand Fiesta Tour, starring the three caballeros or the Zero G Adventures. When they're there. And, and they're play, not play cutouts. Cut out. <laughs> Um, so this, inside the Mexico Pavilion, it's an eight-minute boat ride, a dark, quote-unquote, dark ride, yes. um, through Mexico, following two of the three feathered amigos to find El Donald. Who's missing. The Donald. This is definitely a yes for me, though. I love this ride. I don't know why. Exactly. There's just something about getting in the boat, going around the lagoon, through the pyramid, like with the. You see the restaurant on the right. Like, and... There's just something about that. I'm all about it. It's definitely one of my definite dues. One of the things personally I like about it, if you happen to have to do parks in a wheelchair like I have in the past, it's one of the few rides I know of that you actually don't have to get out of your chair. They have boats on this ride. You can wheel right on, and that's a definite plus. There's three of those. There's okay. this, Pirates, and It's a Small World. Mm -hmm. Those are the only three. And I think maybe the land. I'm not sure. Possibly the I, land. I, I've always changed for that one, but I know because I one trip I did uh, World Showcase on my own. Tim and his wife went off and did a couple fun crap, and I did Ep Epcot on my own, and I was pleasantly surprised that I could ride this without having to get out of my chair. But even either way, it's a definite ride for me. So within the Mexico Pavilion, there are a couple sit-down restaurants, quick services, lounges, things like that. Um, so the sit-down restaurants, they have the San Angel Inn Restaurante. That's the one inside the pyramid. Yes, sir. The one you see on the boat ride. Yes, sir. Um, they also have La Hacienda de San Angel. Mexican food on the shore of the World Showcase Lagoon. And I don't know Spanish that well, but to me, it's the San Angel inside and the wannabe outside San Angel. <laughs> In terms of quick service, if you just want something quick, they have the La Cantina de San Angel, which is empanadas, tacos, nachos, and side dishes. Fast food, fast food Mexican outside. Word. Chosa de Margarita. Small Mexican plates and margaritas, frozen and on the rocks, and Mexican beer. And let me tell you, that's where I'm at. 
I get my frozen margarita yes, sir. every time. The no Winnie the Pooh? What? what? You get the Winnie the Pooh. What? The Winnie the Pooh margarita. That's what you get. Okay. I saw it down a little bit farther, your your favorite drinks or whatever. Oh, yeah. Is the mango and strawberry. That's yes. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yes, sir. And as a side note, on one of the first one of the first Disney trips I ever did with Tim, one of my favorite pictures of him is actually him waiting in line <laughs> at this stand for his frozen margarita. Somehow, every trip to Epcot somehow started in Mexico, yes. and I don't know how it's possible, but somehow we went from the gate to Mexico, and I'm not sure how. The margarita and then called we him. ended at Mexico and then was on the B bus back to Hotel Plaza Boulevard yes. outside Disney Springs. Exactly. Now, if you want the more expensive margaritas or the more expensive tequilas, we've made that mistake. There's the La Cava de Tequila inside the pyramid that has Mexican beer, wine, spirits, and specialty cocktails. Yes, sir. Expensive versions. Yes. Entertainment outside the Mexico Pavilion, we uh, have the Mariachi Cabre. A mariachi band performing traditional Mexican folk music. Let's just keep it moving. To Norway. Well. Yoo-hoo. Norway. The, the Norway that, um, unfortunately, has been really taken over by Arendelle. A country that doesn't exist. Let it go. No. <laughs> Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Trolls this way. That's the only reason you like it. <laughs> um, so the attractions at Norway, they do have the frozen ever after ride. Where you board a Viking boat for a five-minute log flume adventure through the world of frozen. Note there is a small backward section and a small drop that may mist or sight slightly spray you. Yeah, You're you not gonna get wet, but you might get a little Misted. Misted. You drizzled. You get misted. You could end up getting refreshed. That's about yes. it. I actually really like Frozen Ever After. I would never wait the ridiculous amount of time that people wait for this ride, but I like it. I think the queue line is 10 times better than the queue line was for Maelstrom. Um, but I kind of like the Maelstrom theme better. Word. I concur. That's what I have to say. And I would it, not wait for it. I would not oh, wait over half an hour for it. Especially some of the lines that you see that people have waited in. I don't think it's worth Just it. Just because it's five minutes. It's so yeah. short compared to other rides. It's it's the draw of the IP. Apparently Frozen will never die. But I will say the animatronics and the presentation of the ride are very well done. The Olaf at the beginning is amazing. Yes. That he follows your boat. Like Now, the rear projection faces on the animatronics <laughs> are a little creepy. Let it go, Tim. But but the, spe- the special effects in some of the scenes are amazing. But I would not wait very long for this ride. It's a fast pass for me. Fast pass for sure for me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't waste a fast pass on it. Here's the I, thing I, you I have to choose between that and Soren. Like, oh, because they have the different the tiers. Well, like, you'd probably pick Test Track for your tier one, but we'll get into yeah. fast passes. Yeah. So they also have character meet and greets with the Royal Summer House, where you can meet Anna and Elsa. It's also home to a sit down restaurant and a quick service restaurant. 
the Accursious Royal Banquet Hall, where we derived our Viking coffee drink of the week from. And it's also, you can get the coffee drink at the next place you're going to list as well. Well, okay. Uh, princess character dining experience with a taste of Norway. Yes. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, I will notice, this is something I noted about this. Normal breakfasts in Walt Disney World are traditional Americana breakfasts. This one actually features Norwegian breakfast items that I was, I looked through the menus and I was like, whoa, this actually sounds really interesting. So I am just throwing that out there. If you want a breakfast that's different, this is the one to go. What is a Norwegian breakfast item? It was something with fish. (laughs) (laughs) I forget the exact thing, but it definitely was not your traditional American breakfast. They have those items too. But it, they definitely have some unique things. It was from St. Olaf. Okay. <laughs> so, in terms of quick service, they have the Kringla Bakery Old Cafe. <laughs> Which, again, is another place you can get Viking coffee with the sandwiches, desserts. The famous school bread. Yes. They also feature sandwiches, desserts, and baked goods, including the school bread. That's what I said. Adult drinks include the Nordic Draft Beer and the Viking Coffee. Um, and just something, I know we're having fun with it, but something to actually note about the World Showcase is during normal times, they actually hire people from those countries to come in and be the cast members for that country. So it is a more authentic mm-hmm. experience. I've actually had some really interesting conversations with some of the cast members they bring in. Because those that want to work at those pavilions are actually passionate about their countries and their histories. And I would recommend, engage with them. Ask them questions. Mm -hmm. All right. So after our trip to Norway, we're going to head right on into the country of China. Where we find one attraction, which is the Reflections of China. A 12-minute Circle Vision 360 film showing the sights and the wonders of China. Note, there are no seats in this theater. Instead, you stand and lean on leaning rails while there are film screens all around you. Um, Chris and Tim are absolutely no's on this one. Actually, I'm an absolutely not. (laughs) Chris is a nope, nope, nope. I actually really like this film. Out of all three of the films from around the world, this one's my favorite one. Um... I don't know. I learned a lot about China, and I really like the views and the film on this. So You can experience the same thing by watching the Discovery Channel at home. And I'm sorry, I'm not a big fan of any attraction that makes you stand and wait for it, and then the attraction is... Well, no, you actually sit to wait for it, really? and then you get to stand when you're... Either way, I'm not <laughs> standing through a film. I'm sorry. There are certain things I won't do. That's one of them. In terms of food at the China Pavilion, we have one sit-down restaurant and two quick services. So sit-down, we have the famed Nine Dragons restaurant, which is typical Chinese food, lunch and dinner. Um, A lot of people rave about it. Um, In terms of quick service, we have the Lotus Blossom Cafe, which also has Chinese Chinese food and the Joy of Tea. Which has egg rolls, specialty cocktails, beer, and tea. It's like in the title. Hello. 
entertainment. Normally, there's an acrobatic group that performs. Um, again, with COVID restrictions, I'm not sure if this is going to return, um, but it is something that has happened in the past. Um, so if we keep walking around the World Showcase, we come to the Outpost. While it's not an official country of the World Showcase, this little area between China and Germany um, is listed as the African Outpost. Um, yeah, when Epcot first opened, this was supposed to become a country, <laughs> and it just never happened. There were quite a few Which countries. Which is a very small area. Though. But like, it was going to go, if you look yeah, at a map, like an aerial map, back. there's an area that goes back. Yeah, but, but the history of Epcot is littered with countries that never happened, sadly. The thing that's cool about it, so they have a restaurant, like a quick service restaurant at the outpost, and it's for all the people that don't want international food. Um, you can get hot dogs, ice cream, beverages. But they also have African beer and African like cocktails. African. I don't know, but it was very different. <laughs> it was Chris like it. <laughs> it looks good. I mean, they have what was the one drink, Chris, that we saw from there when we were looking at specialty <laughs> drinks? Wasn't one of them like the um, Rhino or what? I forget. Um, uh, spotted elephant. Yeah, or the spotted like elephant. That. It was, but it featured some like African liqueur in it. Mm. It, it looked very different. Hmm. All right, so keep going past the um, outpost. We come to our next country, which is Germany. So, in terms of attractions, there are not currently any attractions in Germany. There but was there was to supposed one. to be one. It never happened. It was supposed to be the Rhine River Cruise. And you can actually see in the pavilion where the entrance for it would have been, but it's another one of those rides that's lost a ton. Yeah, that when you get, like, right before you go in the restaurant that we're about to talk about, that's where the queue line was supposed to be, and you could just tell that this was supposed to be something that just never happened. So the big sit-down restaurant in Germany is the Beer Garden Restaurant, which is a German buffet with live entertainment. They basically have like an oompa band and German entertainers. I really enjoy this restaurant. I really enjoy it for its entertainment. Note, you cannot watch the show unless you have dining reservations for the restaurant. For um, quick service, they have Summerfest, which is where you can get bratwurst, pretzels, German beer, and German wine. They have a pretzel cart where you can get German soft pretzels and German beer. And they also have a beer stand where you can get German beer. Ein beer, per favor. I see a theme in Germany. And let me tell you, when people do the drink around the world, if you go left, you make it past Germany. If you go to the right, Germany is usually what stops you dead. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Like... So if you want your Mexican drinks and your, and your your Norwegian and your China drinks, go left. Um, entertainment here, there normally is a German music group that performs at an outdoor stage. Not sure, again, if this will come back after COVID. We're moving on. Papa, don't preach. I'm in trouble deep. I'm just thinking of the Italians do a better shirt. God. All right, so moving on from Germany, we have the Italian Pavilion, Italy. or Italy. Um, we, again, no attractions in this pavilion. However, we do have two sit-down 
famed restaurants, as well as several quick service restaurants. So for sit down, we have Tutu Italia Restaurante, which has Italian food. Big shocker. And Via Napoli Restaurante Pizzeria. Which has Italian food food and pizza. Go Pizza. Pizza. Wow. But everybody raves about Via Napoli. Everybody does. Um, in terms of quick quick service, we have Piazza del Taglio. Piazza del Taglio. Pizza al Taglio. Basically, it's a pizza a window at Via Napoli that you could get pizza to go without having to go to the restaurant. The gelato kiosk, which serves gelato, Italian desserts, beverages, including coffee, Italian cocktails, beer, and wine. Um, and the Italian donkey. The Italy donkey, which is oh, most likely Italy being donkey. replaced. They're building that new stand. I don't know if you saw. They're building like a new permanent stand in Italy. And I believe that is going to replace the Italy donkey, which had Italian desserts, cocktails, beer, and wine. Notice a theme about World Showcase. It usually has country food with cocktails, beer, and wine. <laughs> True. Um, they do have a lounge and a bar, the Tutto Gusto Wine Cellar, which has cheese and small plates of accoutrement, um, desserts, Italian cocktails, beer, and wine. So entertainment-wise, there normally is a flag show or some kind of acting show on the outdoor stage. Again, as with COVID, we're not sure. This entertainment has all been cut right now. So we're not sure what exactly is going to come back. And they normally have like like the smart ass versions of like Romeo and Juliet. And yeah. Stuff like they that usually too. do really and, fun stuff. And they got like the guys with the chairs and, yes. and all yeah, that. Yeah, didn't stuff. they have like a balancing well, act there was Sergio, sort of mime? Sergio. Yeah. No, the mimes in France. What well, he was okay. Yeah. They a lot of them like got confused. <laughs> Tim does a good mime. You can't see him, but he's in a box. Um, so halfway around the world showcase, we come to the home pavilion, the American adventure. Um, there is an attraction here, which is appropriately called the American adventure. It's a 28 minute presentation that explores the past and future of America and including film scenery and audio animatronics. Um, this is great for a nap ride. <laughs> well, that's where I will disagree with you. But, you know, I am I'm the anim animatronics nerd in this group. And to me, that it's the ultimate expression of what you can do with animatronics and the power of narrative storytelling with animatronics. It is an experience. Now, if you're not a huge fan of animatronics, I will say definitely do it once. It might not be on your list every time you go to Epcot like me, but I'm a nerd. But it's definitely worth doing once to see what Disney can do with the technology and the story they can tell. They are some of the most lifelike animatronics you will see. Here's what I will say. As a theater geek, it is impressive because they change scenery. They change character. It literally is like a stage show, but with animatronics. They have a system that literally the scenery drops into the floor and raises up from the floor and then gets shuffled around basically underneath the auditorium with the different sets and the scenes from a technical standpoint, it is an impressive production. Now 
I think if you were spending two days at the park, this is something you should do. If you only are spending one day at the park, unfortunately, it's a skip. I think it's definitely a skip. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm not one for historical shows and all that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's a skip. That's all I'm gonna say about it. Um, for the American Adventure. Uh, we do have four quick service uh, restaurants, or I wouldn't say restaurants, quick service meals. Um, the Regal Eagle Smokehouse, which we talked about. It's it new. Houses our drink of the week. Has barbecue chicken, some ribs, some brisket, some burgers, some sides, adult beverages, including our famous Tennessee lemonade, beer, cider, and wine. Um, the Fife and Drum Tavern yep. has... The, the turkey legs. World famous Walt Disney World turkey legs. Popcorn, Mickey pretzels, ice cream, specialty cocktails, and beer. Uh, funnel cakes. Funnel cake options include powdered sugar, ice cream, chocolate sauce, or the cookies and cream funnel cake. The cookies and cream funnel cake is amazing. It's not as good as the Fruity Pebbles funnel but cake. But I will caution you in this area. The seagulls love to take the funnel cakes from people. So if you get a funnel cake here... Protect your funnel cake from the seagulls. They will snatch your shit. Literally, I got this on a trip there. I literally was walking from the stand to a bench to eat it. A seagull flew down, hit me on the head, took my funnel cake, and left. I turned around at the pavilion or the food place where I got it from. The guy laughed at me. And in his hand was another fresh funnel cake to give to me because he saw the whole thing happen. So well, protect cool. your funnel cake. And then finally, we have the Block and Hands, which has Mickey pretzels, beer, and ciders. Um, in terms of lounges and bars, there is one, the Regal Eagle Outdoor Bar, which has specialty cocktails, beer, cider, and wine. Um, entertainment, the Voice of Liberty. The Voices of Liberty is a must for me. This is one of my favorite entertainments in all of Walt Disney World. Um, they're normally inside the American Adventure Rotunda before a showing of the American Adventure. They're an acapella group that performs their own renditions of Americana music. It is amazing. Um, if you are into choral music, um, they are a very tightly knit group. The sounds are iconic. I highly advise it. Even if you're not gonna stay and watch the American Adventure, I would watch this show and then leave. <laughs> Chris would kill me. He'd go in and watch the rest of the show, but I would watch the Voices of Liberty and then be on my way. But that's me. So moving on, our next country is going to be Japan. While it is not home to any attractions, there are three sit-down restaurants and four quick services. Uh, the first sit-down restaurant is Teppan Ito. Authentic Japanese-made teppanyaki-style cooking right it's at hibachi. your table. It's basically hibachi. Adult specialty cocktails, beer, and wine, including sake. <laughs> it's an Jinx. I know. It's an important stop if you're drinking around the world. Yes, sir. But you don't have to eat there to get the drink. You can get it, and we'll talk about that shortly. You could, There's stands that sell it. The Tokyo Dining which houses sushi and other Japanese dishes in a contemporary restaurant, giving a view of the World Showcase Lagoon. 
And Takumi Te, a signature dining location fe featuring premium dishes, including Wagyu Tenderloin for only $120. Now, $120, folks, that is a steal. <laughs> they also feature sushi, sake, desserts, Japanese specialty cocktails, beer, and wine. Now, this place was under construction when I was there um, a little over a year ago. Um, it's supposedly very small. You almost like go underneath the pavilion to get to it. Um, but it's supposed to well, they're charging $120 per plate. That explains why it's small. And there's actually a room here that you can rent out. It's at one of these three. I can't remember which one of them, but there's a room you can rent out for your party. It literally is like three to $400 per person. And you have to have at least six people or you have to pay the difference. So if you want like an intimate experience, take a look into it. Um, Okay. Quick or service. get the Panda Express on international <laughs> drive. Which probably tastes better. Well, that's China. This so, is quick service. The Katsura Grill. Sushi, teriyaki, udon, specialty cocktails, beer, and wine. Um, they also have the Garden House, which has beverages, including Japanese specialty cocktails, beer, and wine. That's the place to get the uh, sake if you don't want to uh, wait to go to a restaurant. And the Kabuki Cafe offers shaved ice, including the alcoholic version, sushi, beer, and wine. And the Japan... <laughs> the what? The Japan ice cream cart. This place is really cool. If you've never had it, um, they have mochi ice cream, which is basically... Is it mochi? Or I mochi? think it's mochi. Mochi. It's mochi ice cream, which features six different pieces of flavors and they're like in their own little bag. It is so different. If you want something different from like a treat around the world, this is definitely the place to go. And of course, every pavilion has entertainment. And while normally there is a Japan drumming show at the Pagoda, um, not sure if this is going to continue, but it is something that has happened uh, very widely in the past. And to add a little bit of history, this is another one of those pavilions that did not end up with a ride. But on the drawing board, this was supposed to get a coaster. It was supposed to be the Mount Fuji um, train, uh, bullet train coaster, but sadly that never happened. Hmm. Okay, so moving on to our next country, we have the country of Morocco. While, again, it does not have any attractions, it is home to some sit-down restaurants, some quick service meals, and some entertainment. So as far as sit-down restaurants, we have the restaurant Marrakesh, which is hidden in the back of the showcase. This authentic restaurant features Moroccan food and live music and a belly dancer. Just one. That's all they need. As always, there are Moroccan specialty cocktails, beer, and wine. And then the Spice Road Table, which is world famous. On the World Showcase Lagoon, this location features Moroccan small plates. Small plates, <laughs> Moroccan pastries, and specialty cocktails, beer, wine, and cider. In terms of quick service, we have the Tangerini Cafe. Tangerine. Huh? Tangerine. Tangerine? Yeah. Um, which features Moroccan specialties, including lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I apparently can't type. <laughs> I want to get the lamp. I was thinking Aladdin, maybe. Yeah, I just 
Were you drinking around the world as you typed the rundown? <laughs> I guess Aladdin just, yeah, I want the lamp. No, the lamb. <laughs> Go in there and fetch it, boy. <laughs> God. Um, so what can you get at the Tangerine Cafe? <laughs> so Tangerine Cafe, you can get Moroccan specialties, including lamb, chicken, Cautious. Couscous. 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 That's not right neither. That is right. That's how you spell it. That is actually how you spell it. So at the Tangerine (laughs) Cafe, you can get Moroccan specialties including lamb, chicken, couscous, salad, hummus, pastries, desserts, coffee, specialty drinks, and of course beer and wine. Um, At the Oasis Sups and Sweets, you can get Moroccan baked goods, specialty cocktails, beer, and of course wine. Now I will say that is an, an interesting place that most people skip over. Like, the banquets there are actually pretty unique. So I definitely recommend checking out the Oasis. In terms of entertainment, there's a Moroccan music group that normally performs at the outdoor stage. Um, Again, as we've said with all the countries, we're not sure if this is going to continue or if this will resume. But um, it is something that they've had quite widely in the past. Oh, Malchetti. Then you will starve! We've moved on to France. (laughs) So France is home to one attraction known as the Beauty and the Beast sing-along, which is a 15-minute film featuring songs from the anime classic Beauty and the Beast. Uh, no. Uh, Hard skip, no. Sing-along, no. I think... Except for the first. I think we are all in agreement on this one that you can skip this one and die happy. Yes. Yes. Also, they also do have the Impressions Day of Francais, which is an 18-minute film giving a tour of the 1980s France with amazing music and sights. So it's the 1980s France? Not it, The film has not changed. It is the original film from 1982. Oh, so this is old school. Yeah. I actually really like Impressions de France. Um, It has a great musical score. People actually talk about the musical score more than they talk about the film. I like it. I am not happy with current operations of this because they play Beauty and the Beast sing-along all day long. And then the last about two hours that the park is open, they show like two or three showings of Impressions de France. No. Um, But... It's a, if you like the films, this one you get to sit down. So I will say that it's not a stand-up film like the other two. But yeah, you guys, I'm sure are both uh, a no. Yeah, no. In fact, I've honestly never seen the film, and I don't plan on seeing the film. I actually like it. Mm, never saw it. Probably we'll just move back. Nothing against you, French people. Tim doesn't want to waste 18 minutes that he could be doing something else. Is pretty much what he's saying. Look, in 18 minutes, I can head myself back to the Germany Pavilion, get myself another beer, and come back and meet you guys at the exit. But anyway, in terms of food, we have two sit-down restaurants and four quick services. Uh, First sit-down restaurant is Chef's de France. Uh, Featuring French cuisine plus desserts and the theme of the evening, wine, beer, and cordials. And then also we have Monsieur Paul, 
which is a signature dining location on the upper floor of Chefs du France, serving dinner only. This location offers a four or seven pre-free prefix prefix menu, including desserts as well as regular French entrees, desserts, and wine. There is a dress code. No tank tops, no flip-flops, no thongs, no G-strings, no hats, no torn clothing, <laughs> no offensive t-shirts, no wops. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, there are three signature dining locations at Epcot, and it is the only one that has the dress code. Um, it's basically the upstairs of Chefs de France, and you pay extra, but get... I mean, it's... I, I think the seven-course meal is worth it. Like... If you're there on a date or like you're a local and this is it's like something you want to do or yeah. it is a hidden gem. Most people do not know this even is there. Um, I think if I was a local, I'd do it. Cool. All right. So moving on to quick service, we have the halls bougie pasty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's the bakery at the exit of the um, impressions day France film. <laughs> That features French desserts as well as soups, salads, sandwiches, specialty cocktails, beer, and wine. I've heard many people <laughs> rave about it. Um, a it lot of people, is amazing. A lot of people talk about the baguettes you can get there yes. at a re- reasonable price as well. I really, this is usually always a stop for me to get a dessert before getting my spot for the fireworks. So France is your dessert spot. Norway would be mine. Yeah. Um, they have the Crepes des Chefs de France. Which is you get crepes, um, options including chocolate, strawberry, butter, and sugar, ice cream, or hazelnut with chocolate. Then there's the Artisan de Glaces, which is basically French ice cream and sorbet. One cool thing they have here is they have a macaron ice cream sandwich, which literally is ice cream hmm. with the macaron on the sides of it. And of course, if you want wine, they have Les Vins, Les Chefs de France, which is French specialty cocktails, beer, and wine. Entertainment, again. Normally there's a mime actor or something of the like that does an outdoor show, but we're not sure if this will come back after COVID. Can we do can we do that first one again? And can you say it what it is? Because I can't say bougie pasty. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, we're leaving that in. I, said, and I thought that was no, funny. No, I thought we trans, we trans, we, it was a nice transition. Leave it in. Let's move along. Because <sighs> everyone, everyone calls it wrong. Like, no one pronounces that correctly, which is why I was like, it's basically the bakery at the exit. Boulangerie, patisserie. I, I don't even know Hogan. how to say that in France. In French. No, I just. <laughs> We it was a good transition and it was funny. I would just keep going. All right. So, so moving along to our next country, which is the United Kingdom. While again, it is not home to any attractions, we do have some sit-down restaurants. Uh, the Rosen Crown Dining Room, British cuisine plus desserts, specialty cocktails, beer, wine, and spirits. If you haven't noticed, all of our restaurants have beer, wine, and spirits. It's an ongoing theme. It's where the real money is made from Epcot. It's like merchandising. True. True. Um, In terms of quick service, Yorkshire County Fish Shop, which serves 
fish and chips, and beer. You guessed it, beer. Uh, the lounge and barge. Wait. <laughs> Are you drunk? <laughs> the lounge and bar. Uh, sir, the Rose Crown Pub. British pub. Maybe you are drunk. <laughs> you do. So there's the Rose and Crown Pub, um, which is in, it's basically the bar of the Rose and Crown Dining Room, where you can get two food items, either fish and chips or sausage roll and chips, as well as specialty cocktails, beer, wine, and spirits. Um, Entertainment-wise, normally there's like a Beatles or a music show at the outdoor gazebo stage. Will it come back after COVID? Time will tell. Hey. Hey, that sounds like it's bringing us to our uh, to our last uh, country. Hey, Canada. So attractions, Canada, far and wide. A twelve-minute Circle Vision three hundred and sixty film giving a breathtaking look at the Great White North. It's another one of those theaters that you'd have to stand, and the screens are all around you. It's very similar to. China reflections of China. China. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my take on it. I am sad that they changed this. I really liked the previous version with Martin Short, and I thought it was funny. It was it was needed. They made fun of the other shows. They made fun of the narrator you couldn't see in France, and they changed it. And yes, it does have Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy as narrators. David. But, but but again, yeah. they don't use them David. to their full uh, capabilities yeah. as comedians. They play it straight. It's as, so scripted. It's like it's... they they play it like they're narrators to the Rose Bowl parade. Mm-hmm. They they are not using these comedians to their best. And sadly, believe it or not, removing Martin Short made it worse, which is a very weird sentence. But he was to hilarious. Say. Well, that's like... my, that's my point. You would think they would improve it, but actually removing him. You know, yeah, I, it's a pass. And I would expect something better with the talent they now have doing it. But it actually, it's dry. Yeah, I actually am going to say to pass it as well. There's no David. <laughs> Alexa. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, baby. They don't get to have any fun with no, it. No, I was disappointed. I was expecting it mm. to be hilarious. Because of those two. Yeah, they're, they're amazing comedians. I'm and still Disney spending that not- 12 minutes to walk the test track. <laughs> in terms of sit-down restaurants and food the real attraction at canada yes le cellier steakhouse signature restaurant in the cozy cellar of a canadian chateau the menu features canadian cheddar cheese soup steaks fish poutine maple creme brulee and many other options the specialty drink is maple old-fashioned and there is also beer and wine as far as entertainment Normally, there's a Canadian music group, again, that performs at the outdoor stage, um, but not sure what's going to happen after COVID. So that about takes us all around the world in the World Showcase. And now that you can barely stand, we're going to ask you, what are your five favorite things that you did today? So top five attractions. Chris, you go first. First Oh, well then. So for me, my top five would definitely be Spaceship Earth, Test Track, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Living with the Land, 
and the Grand Fiesta Tours. I get the feeling our lists will be all sort of similar. I I definitely start with Spaceship Earth, followed with Living with the Land. I love the Grand Fiesta Tour, even though it currently has plywood stand-ins. They'll be back. Eventually, hopefully, if they're not hungover and drunk-looking like they have in the past. The Seas with Nemo and Test Track. And for me, Test Track, Spaceship Earth, Soaring Around the World, Frozen Ever After, and the Grand Fiesta Tour. But I will tell you, the ones that Tim and Chris said were like, I was debating back and forth between those exact same ones. Um, you know. Um, in terms of entertainment, um, my favorite entertainment is Voices of Liberty and the old Reflections of Earth nighttime show. I'm going to pass on that. Um, there's not much entertainment that I would stick around for at Epcot, but, um, Illuminations Reflections of Earth is still one of the best nighttime shows I've ever seen. And I still love the soundtrack. I sort of wish they'd bring it back. I know it's not going to happen. Harmonious will roll out eventually. Yeah, we didn't talk about that earlier. But I still miss Illuminations Reflections of Earth. Yeah, they're uh, supposedly this October they're going to open the new nighttime spectacular show called Harmony Us, which is all about how the music of Disney has gone all around the world, and and they have floats or not floats, they have barges that are in the World Showcase Lagoon all the time that look awful. I know they're going to look nicer once they're water fountains, but anywho, it, it remains to be seen. It will be a hard. Um, shoe to fill from Reflections of Earth, for sure. Hmm. I don't think they'll even fit in the flip-flop, let alone the shoe. Yeah. Uh, what about food, though? Or the clog. <laughs> Favorite restaurants? Sit down. I'm torn. Because in my first knee-jerk reaction is to say the Coral Reef. Um, just because when me and my wife went, it was the trip that we went when we found out we was pregnant and we sat down and ate there and we was right next to the aquarium. Like literally here's the glass. Here's us right up against it. It was really cool. It is seafoody, seafoody. So if you're not big on seafood, you might not really care for the menu as much. And they do have a limited menu. Um, but the go-to is the Garden Grill. Absolutely. Um, it's served family style. So they bring out big pots of mashed potatoes and green beans and corn and and different things. And it's almost very Thanksgiving-y. Mm. If, you, if you could say that. I mean, it's yeah. not a traditional Thanksgiving meal, but it's very ugh, earthy. What about you, Chris? Um, I, I enjoyed the Garden Grill. It It's good party filling food for the price you don't feel like you're getting gypped it's i think it's like 45 50 bucks a person yeah but it's all you can eat yeah and i think the lunch is less expensive a little bit yes. than the dinner mm -hmm. and I, it's it's quality you know and if you're and it's a character meal too mm -hmm. uh, that's not exactly a trial for me but it's good food and you, you don't feel like you've been gypped and it's good price you can't beat it for me it's la Cellier steakhouse in canada 
Um, I've always wanted to eat there on my last trip there. I was finally able to get reservations for it. It's very difficult to get. It's one of the hardest um, in-park restaurants to get reservations for. Um, I don't go there for the steak. The steak was great, but the other food there was amazing. The the soup and the maple creme brulee, like unbelievable. And they have amazing ice wines and lots of things from there. Although now, thanks to Tim's drink of the week, I'm that's what I might get next time I go. Um, in terms of quick service food, what are what are your favorites? I would have to say mine is kind of something that is seasonal. And I like the, what is it called? The flame, Flavors of Fire. Oh, yeah, from the wine festival. Yes. Or, uh, the food and wine. Yes, the Flavors of Fire Pavilion. It's kind of backed by... Um, is it by Morocco? No, no, huh? no, no. It's normally by, um, it's like in the courtyard, courtyard in interventions but it's kind of like on the imagination oh, pavilion side. yes in that pathway that new yeah, pathway. Like that yeah. grassy knoll yeah so yeah that would be mine what about you chris i really like um the norwegian bakery that i can't pronounce kringla yeah that's one of my favorite places to stop for a snack and you can also get my drink of the week there so that would be my choice for me i it was a hard choice because i really love um, the Sunshine Gardens, or the Seasons, whatever, uh, Sunshine Seasons at the Land Pavilion, but I love the Katsura Grill in Japan. Um, it's different, and the seating area is like an outdoor garden, so it's very serene, and you feel like you're isolated away from people, so that's my favorite. Now, what about snacks and treats? What is your favorite snack or treat at Epcot? I'm going back to that Norwegian bakery. Chris has a fetish yeah, with the Norwegian people. I actually think Oh, it's, yeah. And here's my thing, and I might get crucified for this. I think it's actually better than the French bakery. That's just me. The Kringla or their variation of a sweet, soft pretzel is amazing. I've had their almond and I've had their cinnamon before. They're great. They go well with the coffee. I know. I love coffee. But it's a great treat it's a great price they're big you can you can split it with somebody else yeah um i like the macaron ice cream sandwich in france um it's not at the bakery it's at the ice cream place but it is just some something you can't find in many other places so i think it's unique and depending what flavor ice cream you get and what flavor macaron you get it's really good and i am going back to the flavors from fire or Flavors from Flame, little quick service thing that they have during food and wine. I really like the spicy chocolate mousse, um, which Ooh, is a chocolate mousse good. pie yeah. that has cayenne pepper on top. Ooh. So it's very sweet, but then the back end hits you with with a, with a heat. It actually reminds me of um, and it is so good Choco Shop. Yes, from Harry Potter. Yes. Oh, it is so good. Now I want to go to food and wine. Who's coming? Well, we're going to be down there for it. So, so to be continued. <laughs> favorite drink: strawberry margarita from the the, the margarita stand outside the, the pavilion, the yes. or yeah. the spicy stout that's made with cayenne pepper from 
flavors from flame or flavor whatever, whatever that, that thing stand is was at the it, food it, if i go to that stand just give me one of everything that you got but those two are my favorites in epcot for me i'm at the same place as tim but i like getting the strawberry mango frozen margarita um they put like the one on top of the other i like to mix them up together it's really good what about you chris um one of my favorite things that i did once again when i was on my own and i've got rolled up i got a german beer and a german pretzel and just enjoyed the pavilion and yeah the german beer with a good pretzel it's a combination kind of thing all right so our main topic is festivals at Epcot. And basically, for most of the year, you have one of four festivals happening. January and February is the Festival of the Arts. March through early July is the Flower and Garden Festival. Late August through November is the Food and Wine Festival. And late November through December is the International Festival of the Holidays. It comes down to the fact that Epcot doesn't want to take the booths down, so they leave them up year-round and throw in another festival. But crazy enough, they do take them down and then put them back up. Now, all four of these are similar in layout, in structure, but the food and the entertainment options change. That's really the difference. Um, additional food booths are basically set up around the World Showcase Lagoon, as well as in certain areas of Future World. Um, the International Festival of the Arts focuses on art and music. There's art galleries, photo ops, featured artists, more entertainment, including Broadway musical numbers, um, and, of course, food and drink booths. The food is presented with an artistic flair. And my favorite part is guests can join the artwork um, as they paint by number to complete large murals, which conveniently go on all the construction walls that are around the park right now. So it makes them look pretty. True. Um, the Flower and Garden Festival focuses on, you guessed it, flowers, gardens, and topiaries. And butterflies. And butterflies. And alcohol. Well, they all, Epcot revolves around alcohol. Um, entertainment for this includes different, different bands, and the food and drink booths feature fresh ingredients. Um, for the Food and Wine Festival, guess what? The focus is on food and wine. And beer. And specialty cocktails. The thing I like about the Food and Wine Festival is they basically, the booths represent other countries that aren't normally part of World mm -hmm. Showcase. So out of all, out of... The three so far, this one blends in the most and is more of an extension of what the park already operate, what they already offer. And then the last, the International Festival of the Holidays, which out of the four, this is actually my personal favorite. It focuses on the different holiday traditions around the world. Um, the entertainment highlight is the Candlelight Processional at the American Gardens Theater, featuring a live orchestra, choirs, the Voices of Liberty, and a celebrity narrator. Um, now, around the park, each country has an actor that presents their individual holiday traditions. And then there's, of course, the food. So the different food that the countries have for the holidays and the famous holiday cookie stroll, which you basically can get cookies at all the different countries. Um, there truly is something for everyone. What do you guys think about the festivals? Food and wine all the way. As well as flower gardens. Flower gardens pretty cool because living in Pittsburgh and the timing of it, flying down there and seeing everything in full bloom and the, and the bouquets on the, on the lagoons and whatnot. That's cool. Food and wine. Oh, that's good. You got the Caribbean booth. You got the it's Hawaiian the busiest booth. Out of got all the, four. Yes. And it is the busiest. And it's, I want to say it's almost the longest running too. Cause it well, goes from like more. August to November. 
And and now flower and garden this year goes from February to July. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, they're trying to make up for lost time. But um I really like food and wine. There's a whole crap load of stuff that you just can't get at any other time in the year. Now, oddly enough, I've never been down there for one of their festivals, which seems weird considering they seem to run year round. But again, as a Pittsburgher who grew up with the cookie table, the cookie stroll does sound semi-appealing. Yep. And again, I already said mine. My favorite is the International Festival of Holidays, but I like the newest one, which is the International Festival of the Arts, because it is the least busy of the four. And the food is very artistic. Like it, they make the foods look fancier than the others. And it's a little less expensive than the others. So it's that will change as its popularity grows, but that's for me. Well, let's so, finish it up. Yeah. Yeah. Finish it up with some nostalgia. Some things, you know, every episode we like to talk about something that might not be there or something that we miss from that park that used to be there um, or something just doesn't exist anymore and uh, across the board. So, uh, anybody want to go first? Well, so this is our favorite defunct attraction rider show from Epcot. Um, for me, the original journey into imagination. I know we talked about it on our last episode, but the new one just doesn't measure up. Mr. Chris, I think I could pinpoint what yours is going to be. Would you like to point to it on the map? On the Yep, right there. Right there. It's it's Horizons. We have an original Epcot map. If you watch the Zero G Park News update, you'll see it in the background. Yes. Um, but Horizons was the bookend to the Carousel of Progress. It showed what humanity could do with an amazing ride system. It was an omnimover that you hung from and you you experienced the ride sideways. It's almost hard to describe. But it was animatronics showing our future if we embrace technology. And you could pick your own ending. Yes. You would uh, you could vote. It was majority rule. And a screen would actually come down over your Omnimover and show you a custom video ending that you chose. A lot of people didn't get a chance to experience it. If you'd like to, believe it or not, um, during the general unpleasantness, Retro WDW released a high-definition um, artificial intelligence um, recaptured version of film shot in the late 80s of the ride. It is the clearest, most HD capture of this ride. So if you've never had a chance to experience, check it out there. It's one of the things I will always miss. What about you, Tim? Maelstrom. Back, back, over the falls. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't miss the queue. I don't miss waiting for it. I don't. The first time that I wrote it, Chris, I think it was me and you. Yes. We waited yes. like 45 minutes to an hour and we got out. We were like, that was it. And then they showed the pre-show at the end of the show. And we were like, go, 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 go. Don't yeah, get locked yes. in. However, I think that road, that ride is kind of terrifying. Yes. It was a great ride. With the trolls and the whatnot. And they push you over the falls backwards and stuff. 
it was a great ride. I like that better than the IP version of what it is now. Although Frozen is all right, but I prefer Maelstrom. Actually, one of my favorite Epcot memories comes from that ride. Um, The one time that you, I, and your future wife, Kelly, went to Epcot, and we had just gotten off the ride, and she starts to sit down (laughs) for this movie. And I'm like, no, don't stop. Do not let the doors close. Keep moving. Keep. I'm dragging her out of the seat. Keep moving. Do not sit. And here's the thing. They could have fixed the whole situation. They could have redone the queue, like the queue was done for Frozen, to make it like you're in some Norwegian village or something. Added that extra scene like they ended, like they added for Frozen. And I think if that ride was just slightly longer, it would have survived. Yeah. But it was like going through a TSA checkpoint yeah. to get on the ride. And... Although the mural was cool. But that was about it. The, the mural was awesome. Yeah. I would like to get a huge banner of that. Yeah. People still sell the, the faces of the Norwegian Viking and the oil explorer on T-shirts and even masks and things. The, the, the legacy of the ride lives on. but mm-hmm. True. So, oh, I'm tired. You could tell we spent a day at Epcot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My feet hurt. We didn't even walk anywhere. So I think that about wraps it up for our virtual trip to Epcot. Next week. Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios. The glitz and the glamour of Hollywood in the 1950s and 60s. And earlier. I think it was earlier, but still. Tower of Terror. Aerosmith. Da, 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 da. Okay. Please never do that again. <laughs> and lights, action. That's not there anymore. I missed that though, but we'll get into that. We'll get next into week. that next week. And the studio backlot tour. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, but thanks for listening. Um, as always, you can catch up with us on our website. We publish articles all the time, zerogadventures.com. Also follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Zero G Adventures, and on the Twitter at Zero G Adventures, Instagram, Zero underscore G underscore Adventures. And always, as always, we look for your comments and feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what we did great. Let us know what we did bad so we can improve and make it more enjoyable for y'all. With that, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next week at Hollywood Studios. Toodaloo. Right on.